Hello and welcome to the reframe. Today we will. Be <laughs> Today we will. Be <laughs> All right. I got this. I got this. Hello and welcome to the reframe. Today we will be doing things a little bit differently, maybe a little spookier, if you know what I mean. Before we get started, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Susan West, the district president for Fidelity National Title. East Florida. And next to me, to my right, is Ashley Scipioni, the vice president of our operations. And together we have, let's see, 30, 30 plus 10. Don't do that plus, math. Okay, not the math. No math. No math. She doesn't want me to show off with my math. But together we have a lot of experience. And as I like to say, a lot of days in real estate. And today we're going to tell you this that transactions don't always or often don't go as planned but we do have some spooky or what we like to call horror stories and i believe all of them that we're going to tell today had happy good endings but it took a lot to get to a success story for our clients in each one of these situations so it's interesting to me oftentimes ashley most times when there's a horror stories people come in not expecting or not understanding that there could be a problem Right, right. They're normally last minute, day of closing, an hour before you're about to sign. That's when all of this thing, these things pop up, Ex typically. Right. And typically, as in, and by the way, if anybody doesn't get this, like Halloween's right around the corner, that's what we're talking about, horror stories, right? But typically, equally, when you are spooked by something, you're not expecting it. So all of our stories have people that were not expecting whatever the problem was. So we have a situation a couple years back where a couple, which is, you know, kind of uh, what, 50-50, they say marriages don't make it. So we had a couple that had divorced. And in their instance, the ex-husband was given the marital property in the divorce. And the divorce was clear ex-wife gets whatever she was getting he received the marital home so he comes into our office to refinance and when he refinances we do a title search only to discover do you remember this one yeah she is still on title she is still on title now he is not happy and adding to the horror story as you might imagine ex-husband ex-wife did not like each other at all Part of the reason for the divorce, right? And they hadn't really gotten over their ugly feelings towards each other. So what happens? He says, he shows us the divorce, and clearly, it's clear in the divorce that he's supposed to receive the home. But oftentimes, side note, title insurance lesson, the divorce attorney doesn't do the last step, which is actually conveying the property to the spouse, ex-spouse, that now owns the property. So what happens? You remember? Well, I know that we had to contact the wife so that she could sign. And even though the court said she had to sign a quick claim deed to the ex-husband, she refused and right. said she wanted $5,000 to sign that document. Well, Ashley, to be fair, I wouldn't call that a refusal. I mean, she said, I'll sign for $5,000. And he said, what do I do? And our answer to him was, well, we're not attorneys, right? But we're going to tell you, you could... I'm going to go with if you go back to your divorce attorney and your divorce attorney goes back to the judge, the judge is going to require her signature on the quick claim deed to you. However, in his refinance for what he needed the money for, the timeline that he needed the money, the interest rate that he wanted, he couldn't wait that long to go through that process. So 
what did we do on the settlement statement? Well, we collected $5,000 for the wife. Yeah, exactly. And she came in and signed. She came in. And, and mind you, she came in after he signed, after the lender gave, gave us everything we needed, and only did she come in on the day that she could get her check, and they never, shockingly as it may seem, saw each other. So for us, for him... That was a horror story. But again, we're defining horror stories today as something that happens in the title process that is completely unexpected. Now, I imagine he probably went back to his attorney and maybe got that $5,000 back from her, or maybe he just decided to keep on moving down the road. But we don't know what happens after they leave us. We just know the journey we have to take together when they're with us. Now, we've had issues of recent in one of our offices. Which one do you want to talk about? Well, there's there's one regarding probate. Well, there's actually a lot regarding probate. Probate is always kind of horrific, in Before my opinion. Before you go into probate being horrific, can you just tell everyone what probate is? So probate is what you have to go through. It's the court system uh, where you inherit a property. So, you know, if your parent passes away, they have a will, you know, they leave the property to you. You don't just own that property. You have to go through the court system. The court has to say that you own so it. So you're saying if the will's completely clear that I'm supposed to receive the property, I still don't get it. Right, right. And so you go through the court and the judge says that you get it. Okay, so what happened in this story? Well, in this story, the father passed away, okay? And he had two children, a daughter and a son. And they agreed, because the will said that the daughter owned both of his properties. Mm -hmm. So they decided to prepare a quick claim deed and they signed it, giving title to just her. But when she went to sell the property, she discovered he was still in title. And that is because she never filed probate. So fast forward, she contacts the probate attorney, gets the probate case filed, submits the will that they relied on to say that she was getting the the properties. And it turns out the attorney said it was never fully executed or notarized. The will was never. Right. So somebody drafted the will, but nobody ever signed or notarized the will. Wow. So they rendered it invalid. So they go through the probate without a will, and the judge signs off and says that both her and her brother get both properties, 50-50. So fast forward, she's like, oh, it's still mine, right? Because my brother quit claimed it. But that's not true, because he was not entitled to quit claim it at that time. And now siblings are not happy with each other. Mm-hmm. So she is forced to take her property off the market unless she can convince her brother to sell the property which he doesn't want to because he wants half. Right. And she thinks it's hers. So it's it's a pickle. It's a pickle. You know what I think it is? I think come Christmas time, it's a horror story. It is not going to be a happy Christmas dinner table for brother and sister. There's a deed. It's called a Lady Bird deed. And the purpose for that deed is for me to be in title. But when I take title, is for me to be in title and essentially say, when I die, this is what I want to happen to my property right so for me i have four children my ladybird deed would have me and my four children so upon death my property would automatically go without a will right and without probate to my children but sometimes with ladybird deeds in the next horror story we're going to talk about the ladybird deed was not prepared correctly therefore the intent of what they wanted to happen didn't happen. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so actually Lady Bird deeds are kind of controversial. From like an estate planning purpose, people think they're great, but they have very specific requirements. There has to be specific language, and obviously they have to be drafted properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in this instance, a man owned a property. He had a lovely girlfriend, 
and he wanted to make sure that she had a place to live should he pass. Mm -hmm. So he hired an attorney to prepare a ladybird deed. And essentially, it should have been prepared for him to, rem to have a life estate, right? So as long as he's alive, he's the sole owner of the property with a remainderman to his girlfriend, Joanne. And now, what's a remainderman meant? Remainderman is the property will be left to them. Okay. The remaining of the property, right? So you have a life estate. That means you're the only person. So even if you give a uh, girlfriend um, a remainderman interest in the property, they don't have say as long as you're living. So okay. you could still sell it without her signature. You could do whatever you want. But upon passing, right. the remainderman would kick in and they would become the new legal owners. So Joanne listed the property with the help of her daughter and his daughter. And when we do our title search, we find out the attorney did it backwards. So he actually gave Joanne the life estate interest, making her the legal owner of the property, and gave him the remainderman. Oh, wait a minute. Let me guess. Let me guess. So now that means that she owns the property, but his estate, his heirs, have a remainderman ownership interest. Yes, yes. And I, I'm not sure if I just explained that exactly right, but, but it was definitely backwards. The intent was backwards. And so now they have to file probate, because there's probate again, um, to probate probate out his 50% for the estate and then she can sell. Wow. But then she's only entitled to the other 50%. Right. Which is not what he intended. And again, y'all hear a, a common theme here. It really comes down to in these instances what the other heir expect, expects, right? Yes. And, and in these. this story, there nobody's mad about it. Everybody is cooperating. But I don't know how the buyer feels because probate is not a quick fix. Mm -hmm. Probate can take anywhere from 30 to 90 days and sometimes even longer. Right. So the poor buyer might be upset. Exactly. And, and everybody knows we're in a little bit of a, a volatile interest rate market right now. So maybe by the time they figure out probate and you know, whether it's 30 days or 60 days, and, and as Ashley said, probate can take up to six months. It could be an abbreviated or what we call a summary, summary probate, right? Mm -hmm. Summary administration. Mm -hmm. It could be a short or a probate, but the buyer's needs may actually take longer. Yeah. You know, or the buyer's needs may require a quicker close than can be accommodated. Yeah. Well, and fun fact, the um, estate is actually not doing so well. So the buyer had to give money to the seller to file probate. Wow. Which is really weird. Yeah. Spooky, right? Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. Speaking of spooky, I'm going to just sidebar for a minute. You know you love well you know you all don't know ashley is a little crazy in fact it's a little creepy how much ashley likes halloween decorations i do i have got half my house or more my house actually already decorated but i still got to do the outside wow yeah i did put a little story though showing the amount of uh decorations i have and mm -hmm. people thought i was literally at home depot right it's a problem it's a problem it's a problem so you're almost there right almost there and you have your halloween party coming up yep it should mm -hmm. be fun right maybe it'll be spooky do you want to ask me about my Halloween decorations? No, because I know there aren't any. Yes, there aren't <laughs> any. There aren't any. But I'm going to do my very best to have candy this year and answer the door if anybody knocks. Perfect. Because they're, people aren't doing that anymore. I know. And you told me the other day and I felt so guilty. So I'm going to work on that. But talking about decorations and decor, let's talk about remodeling. Let's talk about the horror story where we had a owner right an owner of a property and in this instance the owner had purchased this property from a local realtor well well using a local realtor as their agent and they emailed the local realtor and they said hey sally local realtor you represented me when i bought this condo i would love to now sell this 
condo. Will you represent me? And the realtor was like, yay, yes. A past customer. That's what we love, right? When past customers come back. So she didn't realize a couple of tricky things, which is the seller owner that was her buyer had a different email address. She never spoke with her, her seller. And we at the title company brought the deal in, right? We got a contract. We emailed everything that we needed to email to the buyer or to the seller rather. He was in a different country. We required that he went to the embassy. Why do we require that? Well, just for uh, proper documentation. So Florida statute has pretty specific requirements when it comes to notarization. And every country is not necessarily a part of the Hague Convention. Mm -hmm. Um, So in order to ensure that the document is valid here in the States, it's easier for us to get them to go to the embassy and the consulate. It also provides a secondary affirmation of their identity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Worked out real well for us in this instance, right? So we get all the paperwork back and our team does what we call post-closing, which means they finalize everything, put the deed and the mortgage for the new buyer in the public records and disperse all the monies. And the uh, seller was very happy. We wired his funds to yet another country. Should have been a little bit of a warning sign. Another warning sign or spooky, creepy thing about this is if we had looked really closely at his passport, we would have seen that his passport was new, which is a red flag for us. We also would have seen that the picture on the passport was his social media picture, which we all know that um, one, you know, your passport, they won't put your social media picture and nor would we, you know, your driver's license picture, your passport picture, your title license picture, none of those would we put on social media because they're usually pretty horrific, right? Get it? Horror, horrific. And in this instance, we found about two months later, we get a phone call from the real owner of the condominium. And he called and said, Susan, I see that your company filed a deed in the public records selling, conveying my condo to Mr. and Mrs. Smith here in Orlando. Yes, we did. Well, that was not me. I did not sign that. That was a fraudulent seller. Yeah, and it was worse because when the real owner showed up and knocked on the door, they walked in. Well, I guess they didn't knock, right? Because they owned it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they walked in and they were like, wow, our kitchen really improved itself. Exactly. So unfortunately, we had to call the buyer and the buyer not only was due, right, their entire pr- purchase price, so all the money they sent us to purchase the home, but that we also had to reimburse them for their kitchen remodel. Exactly. So that's title insurance in its best or do we want to call it worst form. So just to back up, fraudulent seller he was impersonating the real seller the condo sold the buyers were so excited they spent about 10 grand to renovate the kitchen so we as a title insurer our real seller wanted his condo back so we had to pay the buyer because they were our insured their full policy amount all the monies that they paid for closing costs and in addition to that we had to pay them back for the kitchen renovation. So the only non-spooky thing about this whole story is I think the seller really liked their new kitchen. I agree. And that's and title insurance save the day. Exactly. Yes, yes, <laughs> but, we did. You know, anytime someone signs overseas, it just it could create different like some horror stories, you know. So we had that other one also overseas mm-hmm. where we got a power of attorney presented to us. Mm-hmm. But magically, even though we knew the people were in, in Venezuela. Another, Venezuela, Venezuela, yep. Um it was notarized here in Orlando. Right. Two days, day, day before closing. So in this moment, we're going to tell you how to avoid horror stories right now, which is to deal with veterans in the business. And Ashley and I do consider ourselves, me, a little bit more of a veteran than she is, right? But we consider our experience 
um, good enough and long enough and deep enough for us to know when potentially there's a problem. So I happened to be involved with this transaction. Closer called me and was concerned about the wire instructions. And in that conversation, I said, well, send me the documents, send me the power of attorney, send me the deed, send me the wire instructions. And the wire instructions being the instructions from the seller telling us where to send the money. The wire instructions were fine, by the way. But when I noticed the power of attorney was notarized the day before with our seller in Orlando, I thought, hmm, Ashley, this is strange. strange. If they could sign a power of attorney the day before closing, why couldn't they have signed our deed? So I just started to dig in, noticed that the transaction coordinator, which was the daughter of the realtor, was one of the witnesses, called the notary, and oddly enough, suspiciously enough, the notary didn't answer their phone. Then when I drove my car over to the real estate office to meet with the transaction coordinator, looked her eyeball to eyeball and said, did you sit with this seller in Orlando when she signed? She said yes. And then I asked for travel documents. I wanted to see the travel documents of the seller proving that they had left Venezuela, came to Florida in Orlando and signed in, believe it or not, nobody could provide the documents. I wonder why. You wonder why. So our suspicions proved correct and we were able to drill down to the notary and realize that they did a favor and they notarized a copy of a document that was signed in Venezuela and sent over to us. That means we have a problem with our power of attorney, right? Our power of attorney is not valid, which means our deed's not valid, which means our buyer's mortgage isn't valid because they don't really own the property. Luckily, our lender worked with us, which usually lenders wouldn't be able to work with us. They held on for about a week while we were able to get our seller. And really, to be fair, our seller didn't know she did anything wrong. You know, she didn't know that it was a problem. She just thought, wow, I have this this real estate office that's here in my country and in the United States, and they're being so accommodating. But we were able to get the kind of notary that we need to notarize, and we were able to get all that wrapped up. But I think the horror story was for us because in that particular instance, we knew if we couldn't get this to the table, completely to the table, we were going to have to unravel with the lender. Would have been a horror for the lender, would have been a horror for a buyer. And and we were really stuck trying to determine, did we close? Did we not close? Where's our liability start and where does our liability end? But I think the moral to this story is, again, things happen, but you have to be looking around every corner for the creepy situations and pay attention to make sure you prevent the horror story. We had another one that was pretty bad. You know what's so funny is we're gonna tell- You're not supposed to laugh about Well, we're gonna tell a few, but I mean, there's just so many. Right, There's just so many. Okay, so this one I would would say is is on the top of my list. Um, We had a gentleman who, I guess apparently, self-proclaimed himself as a sovereign citizen. What in the world does that mean? That just means he doesn't believe in any kind of laws, taxes, government. You know, he's just... Nothing applies to him? Nothing applies to him. Except for the good stuff. Yes. Except for the good stuff. Right. So we didn't know that at the time. He asked a lot of strange questions, but some people do, right? So we rolled with it. He asked who was going to be at the closing, like how many people in the building, all kinds of weird things. But he was adamant about having and seeing the original deed. So as the title insurer and the escrow agent, we are responsible for holding that in trust, right? So we're neutral. We hold it. If you don't see it, we still have it. You know, it's kind of an unusual request, but we accommodated. Mm-hmm. So we had a notary show 
the actual original deed. He held it, looked at it, whatever, gave it back to the notary. Notary put it aside. The notary continued with the loan docs, and the buyer signed everything but the mortgage and the note, which is weird. So he Mm -hmm. just kept putting those aside, but he signed everything else. He then promptly excused himself to the bathroom, and when he came back, he grabbed the original deed that was next to the notary and ran out the building. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? No. Our closer chased him out, but she wasn't fast enough. <laughs> so she called the cops, obviously, but she also called the clerk and told the clerk, hey, we have this guy. He stole a deed. He's not the owner, and he's on his way to you to record it. And unfortunately, the clerk said, if someone shows up and presents mm-hmm. a document, as long as it's an original and it's valid and executed, they can't prevent anybody from recording. So the deed got recorded. Mm-hmm. So... This guy takes his recorded deed and runs back to the new home that he didn't purchase and locks himself inside. It took a lot of effort for the police to get him out of there, right? Mm -hmm. Ends up going to court, decides because he's a sovereign to represent himself, pleads his case that as a sovereign citizen, none of this pertains to him. him. Mm -hmm. The judge obviously threw that out and he sentenced him to jail. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, right? Back at the title company, we have got, we've had to attorney up, right? And we've had to get our attorneys to fight um, our case, which is we need this deed reversed because when the deed goes in public records, it creates at minimum a cloud on title, meaning that the seller, the seller couldn't sell it to someone else. Right. And because we prepared the deed and the seller executed it, it was, it was a valid transfer. Mm -hmm. You know, when you recorded it, it, there was no question. I mean, that, that guy technically, legally in the official records, owned it. Right. So the judge had to reverse that. It took some time and some dollars. but and that... Yeah. And the seller couldn't sell for months until it was all taken care of. So I think we covered some horror stories, right? We did. But there's also some funny stories. There are. You remember that parrot they brought to closing? Absolutely. You remember that smell that we're not going to say what it was? Or that woman that went into labor while signing documents? Or the man that brought his girlfriend that had the same name as his wife? That was a strange situation. Yeah, but it was funny. It was funny. We get to laugh afterwards. I agree. But go ahead. What were you going to say? I think, though, no matter what, what's our message today? Well, I think we've had enough horror stories for today, but I'd just say that it takes a Fortune 500 title company and years of experience to tackle these types of situations. Absolutely. It takes a Fortune 500 title company, title underwriter with the right staff on their teams, right? That's right. We could turn that horror into happy. Oh, wow. Is that not good or what? Horror into happy. And you know what I was thinking about? We could do some jokes and we could make some funny stories. And what holiday would that be for? Maybe April Fool's. April Fool's. So stay tuned. April Fool's will be no fooling around, a lot of fooling around, actually. And we'll share the funny things that have happened in the closing room. I think no matter what, people are people and they bring their beauty and their beast and their weirdness into our closing room like they do any business. And I love that we get to do what we get to do. So what do you think? We want to wrap this up? Yeah. Okay. I'm Susan West. And I'm Ashley Scipioni. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much.